Welcome to Verse by Verse, the teaching ministry of Pastor John Reed from Calvary Chapel, Northwest Reno. You'll want to grab your Bible and follow along, verse by verse, with Pastor John. We are in the book of Genesis, chapter 19, starting at verse 30. Stop living in fear. What are you afraid of? What fears separate you from man and from God? What phobias paralyze you and keep you from your hopes and your dreams and your goals? Abraham needed to learn how to overcome his fears and to become a man of faith and to walk with the Lord by faith. And he will. He will in the end become our awesome father of faith for the Jews, for the Christians, for everyone who believes in Christ. He will become an awesome model of how to live by faith. But he starts out just like us, right, with our frailties, our fears, our weaknesses, our hang-ups, our phobias. But he will overcome I must admit some of my fears, one of mine, when I was a little child, I was surrounded by guard dogs at a business late at night in the dark. I'm afraid of the dark, I'm afraid of dogs from childhood. And they lunged at me and showed their teeth and they had to be pulled off. And there's a special worker who could whistle and command them and pull the guard dogs off of me. And you can imagine the childhood trauma and fear of being surrounded and attacked by dogs. So growing up now as an adult, if I have dogs that are vicious toward me, uh, if they show their teeth, if they give signs of being aggressive, I can freak out. <laughs> and I went to visit a church member's home. It was a big home party visit thing going on. And they had a huge pit bull. And he greeted me at the door and he let me know with his teeth, with his snarls, with his looks, I don't like you. And I had said to my guests, maybe we could put him in the backyard. Oh, no, Pastor, he's one of the family members. He's never bitten anybody. Don't worry. He's safe. He's okay. And as the party went on, I avoided him. I didn't look at him. I tried not to show my fear. And he would show his teeth and his face and his eyes. And finally, he jumps over the couch and he comes at me and I start screaming, Get him away from me! <laughs> and I said, If you don't want to put him out in the backyard, I'll go out in the backyard. I'll leave or whatever. But it just was horrifying, you know, and sometimes you have triggers, you have things from your past that come up, the fears, right? The terror, the trauma, and you relive it. This is Abraham. Fear will make you crazy. It'll make you do things that are insane that you would normally not do. Let's read it. Genesis 19, verse 30. Lot went up from Zoar and stayed in the mountains and his two daughters with him, for he was afraid to stay in Zoar. And he stayed in a cave, he 
and his two daughters. It is the nephew of Abraham first. If you remember the story, God has decimated Sodom and Gomorrah. The angels have come to save the righteous and to forcibly grab them by their hands and pull them out of the city of Sodom to take them away to head for the hills, right? But Lot is afraid. And Lot says, please, please let us stay in Zoar. It's a small town. Now he's, he's double uh, guessing himself. Oh, no, I'm afraid to stay in Zoar. It's too close to the destruction. We want to head for the hills. I've changed my mind. I'm so fearful. Maybe the destruction will come on us. Let's run and hide away from all people and we'll live in a cave. This is crazy. Dad with his two daughters living like cavemen. People will do crazy things from fear. They will isolate from family, friends, community, and even from God. I'm afraid. I don't want to get out of bed. I have a phobia. I don't want to leave the house. I'm sorry, I cannot get a job. No, I'm afraid of people and I can't go out on a date. What if they reject me? No, I'm afraid I can't walk into a church. And people have all these phobias and fears. Sometimes you could trace them all the way back to a trauma or horrible experience when they were younger. And you see these people, they isolate out of fear. They're a hermit in a cave. They're a prepper in the wilderness because they're afraid the end's going to come. We're all going to die. I got to get my weapons. I got to have my stockpile of food. I have to camp out. It's kind of like a woman becoming a nun and hiding in a monastery. I was thinking of the old movie sister act, Whoopi Goldberg, remember? And they hide her out of fear. She doesn't want to get killed by the mob. So she pretends to be a nun. And as she's a nun in the convent, she teaches the nuns, we got to tear down our walls, our fences. We, we should go out into the community. We could make a difference. We can save the people. We have the message. We have God's love, remember? But the mother superior says, oh no, those walls, those fences are meant to protect us. You see, the, the sisters, the nuns, they'll get hurt by the community and by the city. But then the nuns said, but this is why we became nuns, to serve the Lord, to help the community, to make a difference, to be a light in the darkness. And some people, they want to maybe hide in their prayer closet, hide in the church, and God's calling us to go out, to touch people, to help people, and don't be afraid any longer. Verse 31. Then the firstborn said to the younger, Our father is old, and there is not a man on earth to come into us after the manner of the earth. I don't know what they're thinking. I think they've seen whole cities being decimated, the whole valleys, the cities and the towns of the Jordan Valley has been wiped out, and they think all life is gone. 
We're the only ones left. We're desperate. I'm afraid. I don't want to be all alone. I'm afraid, what if I never have a child? So I must take matters into my own hands and do things out of fear that are crazy and that are nonsense. Verse 32, come, let us make our father drink wine and let us lie with him that we may preserve our family through our Father. I have a plan. I have a way to save us. We'll, we'll force Dad. We'll trick him. We'll put him on a drinking binge. We'll get him to drink so much that he will have one of those drunken blackouts. And he won't remember where he is, what's going on, and then we'll take advantage and I will have relations with my own father and commit incest. And I will have a child and we will have a future. Sometimes out of loneliness, fear, desperation, people will do crazy things things that are against their own conscience and, and morals, God-given morals and conscience. Now, I know this is before the law, but God explains that he has given us morals and values and conscience that come from him, from our creator. And then the law comes, of course, later from Moses. But they know right and wrong. They know this is wrong. But out of fear, out of desperation, they try to justify their actions. Now, these daughters have come from Sodom. How long can you live in Sodom and Gomorrah and it not affect you? I think these daughters, their values, their morals, their standards have been corrupted by the filth and the evil examples of the citizens around them. I think we are seeing the attitude of Sodom Anything goes, everything goes. There's no uh, sexual standards or laws. They have become like the citizens that have surrounded them. You can take the girl out of the city, but you can't take the city out of the girl. Do you see it? Verse 33. So they made their father drink wine that night. And the firstborn went in and lay with her father. And he did not know when she lay down or when she arose. Man, I had so much to drink last night. I don't even remember what I did. I woke up in some strange bed, some crazy place. I had bruises and marks on me. I had my clothes inside out. What went on last night? Have you been there? This is the craziness, the danger of the world. Here, have another drink. Party with us. Oh, why won't you? Uh, you're such a party pooper. Join in the fun. Have another drink. Verse 34, on the following day, the firstborn said to the younger, the older daughter, to the younger daughter, behold, I lay last night with my father. Let us make him drink wine tonight also. Then you go in and lie with him that we may preserve our family through our father. 
The older sibling leads the younger. It's okay, I did it, it's all right. The end justifies the means. We're all alone, we're gonna die here. Out of desperation, we must have children. Please follow my example. And one sinner leads another into sin. One family member justifies it to another. Please keep the family secret. 35. So they made their father drink wine that night also. And the younger arose and lay with him. And he did not know when she lay down or when she arose. It's a total drunken blackout. When you drink enough, it can affect your memory. You won't remember your actions, what you said, what you did. And people are taken advantage of and used and abused. Verse 36, thus both the daughters of Lot were with child by their father. It is against the commandments of God. God has sexual laws that will come later with Moses, and you do not have relations with family members. Crazy the things that we do out of fear, out of intoxication. Drugs will make you do the most craziest things and things that you will regret. Have you been there? It is the way of the world. It is the way of Sodom. Verse 37. The firstborn bore a son and called his name Moab. He is the father of the Moabites to this day. 38. As for the younger, she also bore a son and called his name Ben-Ami. He is the father of the sons of Ammon to this day. Our sins will give birth to evil. Their sin is bearing enemies for the nation of Israel. These two baby boys will become two nations, which will be arch enemies of God's people, bitter enemies of Israel. They will attack and hurt them. Your sins will find you out, right? And when we do crazy things, we have consequences. Sin gives birth in the end to death and things that will hurt us and even destroy us. Don't lose your family to fear. Chapter 20, verse 1. Now Abraham journeyed from there toward the land of the Negev and settled between Kadesh and Shur. Then he sojourned in Gura, traveling by faith, following God back to the promised land. Yes. Verse 2, Abraham said to Sarah, his wife, she's my sister. So Abimelech, king of Gerah, sent and took Sarah. Didn't we have this happen before? They were in the land of Egypt, and the great Pharaoh 
said, I want her. She's gorgeous. I'm going to marry her. Oh, no, I'm afraid. The Pharaoh will kill me. Tell him you're my sister. Uh, I'm her brother. Sure, you could marry her. Give me all the dowry and all the money. Yes, treat me good. But don't kill me because I'm not her husband. I'm her brother. Deception. He's done this before and it created a big mess in Egypt and now he's doing it again in the promised land. I guess it's the fate of marrying a beautiful spouse, a gorgeous husband. You always worry, will they cheat on me? Oh, look at how they look at my spouse. Uh oh, I'm afraid, will they leave me? This is Abraham's fear. I have a gorgeous wife and everybody wants her. And these power people, they're rich and powerful. They have armies and soldiers. They'll kill me for my wife. Living by fear. Lying yet again. She's my sister. Verse 3. But God came to Abimelech in a dream of the night and said to him, Behold, you are a dead man because of the woman whom you have taken, for she is married. This is adultery. This is against my law and my commands and my will, and I've given you morals and values, and I don't care. You're a king. I'll kill you. Do you know God can give you a dream? He can speak to you through a vision, through a supernatural Holy Spirit gift. I think this king Abimelech could be a believer from the way he talks. He seems to know about the true God. He wants to live righteous and holy, but he ignorantly doesn't know that this woman is married, but God is now telling him and warning him. God can give you a dream. God can instruct you and communicate to you and tell you the next step you're to take. But through visions and dreams, I would pray and seek the Lord and ask for confirmation and make sure the dream is from the Lord. Verse 4, now Abimelech had not come near her, and he said, Lord, he seems to know who the true God is, will you slay a nation even though blameless? Verse 5, did he not himself say to me, she is my sister, and she herself said, he is my brother? In the integrity of my heart and the innocence of my hand, I have done this. God, you know I love you. I try to live right. I didn't know. She deceived me. You meet some crazy person. I, I thought they were single, and they end up being married, and now I'm in this triangle. I'm in this mess. And God's warning me, you better get out of this mess, right? Or else I will kill you. Crazy, crazy. The dream has come so that God can save Sarah, protect her reputation, keep her pure and holy. God has not allowed this powerful king to touch her because God has a marvelous plan for her. Even though she's old, she's still beautiful. Even though she's old, she still will be a mother. And the promised child will come. Isaac, 
laughter. And so Sarah can't be messing around. She needs to be holy and a pure vessel for God's use. She's going to be the mother of the Jews, the mother of the Messiah, the mother of faith, if you will, with her husband, Abraham. Verse 6, Then God said to him in the dream, Yes, I know that in the integrity of your heart, you have done this, and I also kept you from sinning against me. Therefore, I did not let you touch her. Now, when we sin, it's not just against somebody's spouse in adultery. It's not just against a person that you sin against, but you also sin against God. And God said, I'm not going to let this one happen. I'm putting a block on it because i got to protect Sarah and my plan. The baby must come through Abraham and Sarah. And I've stopped you from touching her. I don't want you to sin against me. I understand you were fooled, you were tricked, but get out of it. It's a big mess. Verse 7, now therefore, restore the man's wife. For he is a prophet. Interesting, a new title, the word prophet, shows up for the first time in Genesis. A prophet is a go-between, an intercessor, a mediator between God and man. God speaks to prophets, they speak to people, and vice versa. You can pray for people and family members in your community as a prophet and intercede before God. And this is what Abraham already started to do, right, for Lot, and now he's going to do it for this innocent king, Abimelech. And he will pray for you, and you will live. But if you do not restore her, know that you shall surely die, you and all who are yours. Swap the wife back. Give this married woman back to her husband or else. Wow, that would scare me. That would put the holy fear of God in me. Make things right. Face your fears. We need Abraham to man up and to admit his shortcomings. Verse 8, So Abimelech arose early in the morning and called all his servants and told all these things in their hearing, and the men were greatly frightened. Now, there is different kinds of fear. I think it's a good thing to fear God, to fear his warnings, to fear his word, to fear his dreams. Because if you don't fear and respect him and hold him in awe, consequences will come and heads will roll. So it's good to fear God, but it's not good to fear men. Oh, but he's so rich and powerful, and he's a, a power broker, and he's my boss, and how can I tell him, no, I'm so afraid, what if he fires me? I've even had 
women in this church that said, I worked for the casinos and my big shot boss came out and said, the high rollers are coming and they're rich and they're powerful and you give them whatever they want and that includes you. And they said, Pastor, what should I do? I said, you need to quit there as fast as you can, right? Another gentleman in the church said, I, I work for this powerful person and I protect, I'm a bodyguard for his sons and I know they're doing organized crime and, and horrible, evil things. I have to get out. I'm a Christian. I can't do that. And, and sometimes we let fear control us and stop us from doing the right thing. But if I don't say what they want, if I don't do what, maybe they'll leave me, they'll divorce me, they'll fire me, I'll be out, I'll lose everything. And so we live by fear, and we do the wrong thing, and we make bad decisions out of fear. Verse 9, Then Abimelech called Abraham and said to him, What have you done to us? Thanks for supporting Verse by Verse, the teaching ministry of Pastor John Reed from Calvary Chapel, Northwest Reno at 246 Courtney Lane, Reno, Nevada, 89523. Our phone number is 775-746-4567 and our webpage is calvaryreno.com. You're always welcome to join our services.